is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Lots to cover tonight. Mark, we're going to start with an email that you got about a blight on the liberty movement. That's, that's, that's what it says. We'll find out what that's all about here. And then we'll tell you a story from one of America's airports. But first to the email box. And, of course, your calls are primary if you make them. Okay. Uh, the title is uh, Non-Compliant Blight on the Liberty Movement <clears throat> from Matthew. Ask any non-compliant anarcho-type libertarian how they would prevent somebody's house getting raided if they're uh, growing pot, and they'll dance around giving a straight answer, but won't ever give you a straight answer. Because the answer is, to prevent any pot smoker's house getting uh, raided by the authorities is to engage in the electoral governmental system and getting well, a now, prohibition. Hold on. To prevent people from raiding your grow-op, you just keep your mouth shut. Okay. Yeah, you keep That's your mouth advice. shut, and you you know be careful about the heat. That should prevent it. Well, um, <laughs> I, I don't but think there are a like number of got... assumptions underlying. I got the same email, and there are a number of assumptions underlying it. And I thought I didn't to get myself, this email. Yeah, I don't know how well, I got it. Apparently, but... you're not in the loop. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> Engaging the electoral governmental system is something that non-compliant anarcho-type libertarians don't do, and they often knock the more classical liberal-type libertarians, classical liberals, uh, for working within the governmental electoral system. I say it's long overdue. I just think you're wasting your time, that's all. You can do it if you want. I've done it before, so whatever. That's knocking. Well, I say it's uh, long overdue that classic liberals hit back and hit back hard because it's the non-compliant anarcho-type libertarians that have become the blight on the liberty movement. Oh, really? I would think that the uh, unprincipled people like Bob Barr are a blight on the liberty movement. But okay, let's hear his case. I feel like that L.A. guy, can't we just all get along? Yeah, I I, I, I can see where you're coming from, Gardner. It's a Rodney King moment, man. I just like to to roast Ian on I get along with the political fine. No, I, I just I just mean the abstract, not with you guys. You know, yeah. But I can anyway. I can get along with the politicos. I do. I, I I'm I've hung yeah. out with the politicos. Every time somebody calls in, like every single time someone calls in and has some suggestion that has to do something to do with politics, you pipe up and say, "Well, I don't see what the point of that is." about politics. But we gotta I we gotta give Ian his due. He has participated. He's gotten up there, so he's seen both sides of the track. I well, think he's yeah. just tired of it and doesn't want to do it. But that and doesn't most, mean that he's hypercritical of people who do it. He's just it like, sounds, ah, it man, sounds like he, It sounds hypercritical to some but extent. But most, 99% of those calls that you're talking about are always people talking about some new great strategy to politically take over Washington, D.C. And even you agree with me, Mark, that Washington, D.C. is a lost DC's, cause. I, as far as I'm concerned, D.C.'s gone. You can't get me too excited about that. And that's what they're that. all calling about. One of them calls and says, we need a real third party. Or the other one says, <laughs> we need to take over one of these parties from the inside. Or, you know, we need to demand all the debate, you know, the debates be opened. Or we need to blah 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 whatever it is that they're going to do oh we need to go and have a protest see i merely think i merely think that uh the you know saying that it's a blight on the liberty movement uh, that that has nothing to do with ian or anybody but that that approach there i'm thinking to myself i don't know man you know i know some people do good work on both sides so. well, it sounds like I, he's saying i agree that, with you on i agree with you on that yeah. however the uh the, the sort of the nature of talk radio is that i might not have ever read the email if he hadn't have said blight yeah yeah <laughs> good point, man. absolutely right, right sure on. sure yeah. uh, Look, the, the suggestion that I'm getting so far, and we've barely even gotten into the email, but the suggestion seems to be that uh, non-cooperatives are somehow 
a, a problem in the liberty movement? I mean, how exactly is that? I don't know. I don't know what the uh, the, the problems what are. What is his his critique? Okay, the non-compliant uh, anarcho-type libertarians think that if they don't comply with the government, then somehow government will go away. Yes, if you get a tumor and you don't get it treated, it doesn't mean it goes away. Um, if you bury your head in the sand, and it doesn't mean that the problem will go away. If you don't vote in an election, it doesn't mean that it isn't that there isn't government. But a, a non-compliant anarcho-type libertarian will say that there are things, um, say there are ways and means other than engaging with the political system to achieve the betterment of individual liberty. Yes, civil disobedience is, is a worthy tool, and I do think of the uh, whoa. Suffragate? What's this word mean? Suffragette. Suffragette? Yeah. What's that word mean? You, you suffragette movement, uh, you know, yeah, for getting women, the women's vote. Oh, I see. Women's suffrage. Gotcha. The only reason I learned is because of David Bowie's songs. So. Okay. I'm, I'm not I'm familiar. I'm glad he benefited. Um, <laughs> they threw themselves under horses to get a vote for women, but it was a parliament which eventually ratified the bill to give women the vote. I think... Of the civil rights movement in the U.S. in the six, uh, 1960s, but yet again, it was Congress who ratified things in the end. Sure, mass protests can give impetus and momentum to issues, but it's the electorate and government which eventually ratify things. Um, this becomes the realism that people want. Uh, the, the, the realism is people want government. Of course, non-compliant anarcho-type libertarians think that because they don't want government, then that means everybody wants the same. What? Not sure that they think that. And no one has ever suggested that. Look, it's just that we want to live life as free people. If the rest of you people want government, then you can have all the government you want. Just leave us alone. That's all. Yeah, I think I think there are a number of assumptions in the email, but it does it does provide some definitely some grist for the mill, uh, saying that all anarcho all anarcho capitalists think this way or want this or want that. I mean, it's 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 quite varied. But what it does is um, it, it makes me think, Mark, about how uh, you know. At a certain point, you can say to yourself, I don't get in schoolyard fights because I don't go down in that playground area where everybody fights. But what if they bring the fight to you? What if you're thrown in there? Then what do you do? What if you're thrown in the boxing ring and you're the anarchist type and you don't want to participate in this, but you know that by doing nothing, you're going to get the crap beaten out of you or somebody you love is going to do it. What do you do? Do you just sit back and say, I'm not participating? Or do you say, I'm going to participate, sort of have to push my principles to the side? And then at what point does that stop? Because that can get to the point of having to say, well, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and vote for the worst, the best of, uh, uh, you know, the least of all evils and go with John McCain. I will or, not vote for evil. Yeah. I, will, I, won't, I mean, I'm getting to the point where I don't even want to vote anymore. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to. I mean, I would again. really have to be, there's a, there's a certain uh, point at which I'd really have to be motivated to get to in order to actually go and vote. A, a candidate would really have to be super. Like a Mary Ruart, yeah. yeah. I'd go out and vote for Mary yeah. Ruart, yeah. no problem. Because I know that Mary Ruart would not ever endorse violence being enacted upon me or my loved ones. Yeah. I get so tired of hearing these uh, politicos hand-wringing and whining because there are people out there that don't believe that uh, liberty will be achieved in the same way that they believe it. And I don't complain about the politicos. I say good luck to them. If they think they can do it, good luck. I hope they have some success. I hope you know it seems to be working out to some extent here in New Hampshire for them. And so I give, you know, I give them encouragement and I just say w I'll be here with open arms waiting for you on the market-based activism side when you finally get burnout and tired of all this uh, political activism but it sounds like he is really complaining to me I, I don't I don't hear what you're what what I don't hear what you're saying there that he, that he wants you to to uh, act exactly the way he wants what he wants and uh well, he's talking about what, what how I'm we don't getting out of the, what I get have gotten out of the last few weeks of uh, you know the calls on the air and when somebody talks about politics is that you know like you 
poo-poo politics to the point that it doesn't even sound like um, you even care about politics on, on a local level. Like you wouldn't even, you know, like, like working. No, that, no, pol- no politician has jurisdiction over me. I understand I that they don't consent. over you, but – you know, I, if you really did encourage people um, on a, in, in politics on, say, a local level, then you'd encourage people in politics on a local level. You don't. You say, yeah, well, you know, where I'm at in my life is I think that I the, the, the non-political actions, the best thing in market-based, uh, you know, protests and that kind of nonsense. What's wrong with me saying what I think is the best route because to liberty? It doesn't. It doesn't sound like you're acknowledging those people at all. I There's say no every. I say almost every single time. Good luck. I wish you the best. I've tried that, and I'll be over here waiting for you when you're done i've you know, said it every single time you can just see they don't want to hear it that's their problem i, I don't see, hear it either you can see mark with the email though i mean you've only gotten through a few of the paragraphs on it and and both ian and i are responding like pretty vociferously here and it's a very interesting uh i think a very interesting sort of hidden disagreement within the libertarian movement if people aren't familiar with the liberty movement to it's see a the anarchists there's, yeah there's not very many of them well the classical liberals versus the anarchist uh disagreement and and uh, when i first learned about it i thought oh well this think tank is more in line with this and the, i didn't know anything about all that stuff and i started to learn about it and thought well eh, okay to each his own i suppose it sounds to me like he feels threatened because as you said mark there aren't very many non-cooperatives I think he feels out there I want you to – can you forward that to me uh, so I can take a look at it? Because I had to do some technical stuff during some of it, so I don't know if I heard quite everything that he said, and I'll, I'll review that here in moments. We'll continue with the rest of it. It's not done yet, right? That's correct. Uh, we'll continue with that. We'll take your calls as well at 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include archives. If you missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there from the front page of the website. Enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Now you can purchase knobs, poles, faucets, sinks at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Lives. Internob, Free Talk Live, excuse me. Internobs.com. Save 10% off your order by using code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more at internobs.com. All right, 800-259-9231. I'm looking at this email. It's fairly lengthy, so I'm going to interrupt it, and uh, we're going to take some phone calls here right off the bat. We can continue uh, with this vitriolic email attacking people like myself who are not interested in playing in the little political game that the gangsters calling themselves government have set up for us to play around in. Mm. I uh, spent several years of my life engaging in that process, and I've come to the conclusion that it is a waste of time and energy, just a general waste of resources all around. I do agree that the politicos in New Hampshire have had some success. They've managed to stop a few advances of tyranny and even roll back here and there some stuff, and they're getting organized, and they may actually have a chance, and I've acknowledged that time and time again on this program. So I think this guy is just only hearing what he wants to hear, and he's not hearing me uh, give praise uh, and credit where credit is due. And by the way, uh, I should just mention before we go, uh, success brings its own energy as well in in the political world. So if you see the smaller successes, you get more 
people to, to jump in. Uh, they have to expend less effort because they got momentum, they get more PR, they get more media attention and things like that, and everybody's just in a generally better mood. And uh, it's tough when you're on the losing side so often to just continue battering your head against the wall. Let's continue here and talk to, go to the phones, and we'll get back to the email if we get a chance here. Uh, first, let's talk to Michael in Florida. You are on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Hey, what's on your mind, Michael? Well, I've been listening to what you got, what, uh, what's been saying, and... I I agree to you to an extent, Ian, about um, the whole political system and the process of voting. But actually, two things I want to bring up real quick. Uh, well, how do you feel about when a particular state has a ballot initiative that can affect individual rights, like here in Florida? I, I think I called back a few weeks ago, told you about Florida's uh, marriage amendment to protect marriage or the sanctity of marriage or whatever. Okay. Uh, well, I just want to how do you feel about... If voting for that, would that be something that you feel people should go to the polls for, or is that also about a useless as voting either Obama or McCain? Well, I think that uh, pretty much from what I've heard uh, from the the, the non-compliant uh, market-based act, uh, you know protest kind of folks is that just about all of them agree that when you're t- voting on an issue in particular that it's it's not an initiation of force against anyone. So just about everybody can mm-hmm. agree there, whether or not uh, people think you know at, at that some point, of them don't agree with voting. Yeah, some even on an issue. Yeah, I've never people, heard anybody. Some say. people I've heard some people say, well, look, if I'm in the 51 percent majority, that means my opinions are going to be or sweeping somebody else. And I say, yeah, but you're, if you're voting for a negative to stop your your neighbor from getting messed around with, then that's okay. But they don't see it the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Well, as far as I can tell, that uh, you know, when especially when it's an issue, um, but I don't have any problem voting for individuals either. Um, it, it, it's not useless. No. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Okay. Well, something else he I wanted to share with you guys that I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. A few months ago, and I'm only sharing this now because I was. Uh, Getting ready for a trip to Chicago, I'm looking up our dog's uh, vaccination records for the kennel. Mm-hmm. And I remember an incident going back to right about June where a guy was coming around on a Saturday afternoon. He knocked on our door, and he said he's with Pinellas County uh, Animal Control Center. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And he wanted us to show, my partner and I, to show proof that our dog and cat have licenses. And I'm mm-hmm. asking him, who are you? And he tells me he's with Animal Control. And I'm asking the guy, okay, Where's your authority coming from on this? Mm. And granted, this is before I even started listening to Free Talk Live. Okay. And he says, well, we're going around, we're, and I ask you, that, that's not my question. Where's the proof that you have the authority to ask for this? And it's like, well, this is where, if you, if you don't show it, we're going to have to cite you. <laughs> and I said, you have, like I said, you can do what you want, but you've shown me no proof that I need to show you any kind of evidence. Because I had it, I didn't have to show it to him. Mm-hmm. My, my partner, he got him, he took care of him, he got him licensed. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, one of these days they're going to send me some ticket or something like that. And months gone by and months gone by. And I remember the guy, he was so flustered because they didn't show him <laughs> uh, this paperwork that this <clears throat> pet Nazi was looking for or whatever. Yeah. And he comes back, and it was so funny. I'm looking up the thing, and I'm remembering, oh, my goodness, i got to share this with the guys from Pre-Talk Live. That's great. Well, it's, it sounds like uh, it's a violation of the Fifth Amendment as far as, uh, I mean, who is this guy to come to my door? Get out of here. Um, he doesn't have right. a warrant. You can't see these pieces of paper without a warrant. Yep, and, and now right. you know not if even If you want to know, you can go look it up in your little computer or something. That's a great point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, we take care of our pets. I don't see why I have to show these guys any kind of paperwork on this. And so, but he was so flustered, I started talking about, 
know, that's the fact that I'm consenting. And I guess every person he knocked on the door either said, no, we don't have any pets, or, oh, here you go, sir, here's my uh, sure. show my my dog and cat or whatever. Are, well, are, most like, people believe... Are too? Here, I'll show you that, too. Yeah, you know? yeah most people yeah, are very yeah, obedient. Are afraid of bureaucrats? No, they're just yes, obedient they to the idea of authority. I mean, they, they feel like, uh, well, yes, fear is certainly the number one factor. There's no doubt about that. But anybody that yeah. appears to be authoritative will get the desired response that they want from their victims. Yeah. I mean, in this case, people will jump right through you whatever You remember the story in the McDonald's where, they, uh, where the guy, where the, 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 some prank caller managed to get, uh, um, you know, some manager to have uh, some uh, associate stripped oh, yeah, down into her right. underpants yeah. and do jumping jacks or right. something. Over the Phone, Over just, the by telephone, just by claiming to be a cop. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah, you know, it, it oh. is it is weird too how the government officials, after a while, they just assume that they've got this power. I think many of them don't even think that they're forcing anybody to do something. They just think, well, this is my job, and then, then I go yep. and I do this, and everybody accepts it, and this is how we do it. Yep. They don't even think about the parameters of the Fourth and Fifth Amendments, like Mark brought up, and they probably and, never read them. Yeah. You know, at the time, uh, you know, I think about the Bible and Zacchaeus uh, looking for uh, Jesus. He, you know, he was a tax collector. People used to stone tax collectors 2,000 <laughs> years ago. I mean, how far have we slipped? Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. Michael, any other thoughts? Uh, just one last thought, I promise. Be the last one. I was thinking about, because listening to a podcast where you gentlemen bought the story from an affiliate in Denver, Colorado, that's showing this detention facility for the protesters. Yes, the uh, concentration camp they built for yeah, the people they're the planning on arresting. Camp. Well, I thought about this after I listened to the podcast, and I thought, what if they wanted the press to know about this in an effort to scare off potential protesters? Interesting. I think to some extent that's what they wanted. I mean, well, they claimed they wanted to keep it secret. They claimed uh-huh. they, they was. It's a good. It's a good point and something to think about. And Michael, I thank you for the call. You had said, Mark, that he'd asked me the original question about issues voting. Yeah. As I said, uh, to, to answer it. Uh, I am not completely over the idea of voting. I'm, you know, like 98 or 97 percent pretty much done with the the whole concept. But if you can vote in a way that absolutely doesn't in any way endorse the use of force on your neighbors, I don't see anything morally um, reprehensible about that. Mm -hmm. All right. So 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. We'll continue this discussion here with this email that started things out. And it's got a, a ways to go here about how people like me who are advocating not complying with the system, advocating peaceful evolution, uh, moving on beyond participating in this little game they've set up for us to play, which is a losing game. There's very, very few ways to possibly win it because they made the rules. Uh, He's upset at me and people like me. And so we'll get back to that. I I think Dennis is on the line in New Hampshire, someone who considers himself a political anarchist. I'm sure he's got some comments for us as well. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. Over 375,000 posts for you to surf around through. There's a lot to talk about there, from fun stuff to uh, serious issues. You will find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Dexc20 is a natural appetite suppressant, enabling people to eat far less and still feel full. Users report that they eat the same foods, but just less of them, and uh, without feeling hungry. 
They also report feeling more energy without the jitters. And it's it's totally. I'm so uh, sensitive when it comes to caffeine, but I don't feel anything taking this uh, diet pill, Dex C20, and I've lost four pounds. I recommend. Uh, I, I'm recommending. As far as I'm concerned, Dex C20 works for me. Um, you can get it at most major retailers, and it's also at diet.freetalklive.com. All right, 1-800-259-9231. We started the show out. Mark, you uh, had an email, and apparently it went to you as well, Gardner, yeah. but not me, uh, about how it is that people like me are a blight on the pro-liberty movement oh. in general. And uh, well, I think he's indicting all um, what, what he calls non-compliant anarcho-types. Yeah, people uh, like to, me. To who some are, extent. And, and advoc- advocate not complying with the system as the most effective, what, what, what I believe and what many who are like me believe is the most effective way to achieve liberty in our lifetime, to continue to use that cliche, because I, I think it works. Yeah, I think it's a good one. And, I'm interested in that. Yeah, and that's the conclusion I have drawn after years of activism involving the system, being in the system, you know, doing everything from uh, running the Libertarian Party uh, to actually campaign managing a couple of uh, political campaigns. So to say I haven't been in there with my nose in the thick of it is not the case. And and he's not, I don't think he's claiming that. He's just, he's got the same sort of attitude that that you see from the people who are in the Libertarian Party um, that they express about those who've left. You know, you, you brought up something. As you were saying that, I'm thinking in my mind, just very silently sort of echoing in my head, like, you know, this is the sort of argument that I've seen so often in the Libertarian, libertarian pro-liberty movement for so long that is such a waste of time. You know, it's like, to even have the argument, you yeah, mean? yeah, it's like you know what I, I mean. It's an it's an interesting, it's an engaging intellectual abstract argument of of uh, principle versus action. Where does the where do you draw the line? Are you hard? I'm going to challenge your principles. This sort of thing. But you know, when it comes down to it, it, it I don't know. Maybe people try to do it to convince one another, or maybe they feel like they've been slighted in some way on I think one side or another. I think but, it's both. I think it's both of those because yeah. if you read some of the posts, let me set the stage here, and then we'll yeah. continue with the phone calls. But as you may know, if you listen to the show or if you've been paying attention to the Libertarian Party, and I'm not a Libertarian Party member. I revoked my membership a few months back. I revoked it before they had their nominating uh, thing that they did at the convention for the presidential candidate. But during that nomination uh, situation, they had a few different candidates up there, one of whom was Dr. Mary Ruart, who I absolutely love. I think she is one of the best pro-liberty communicators out there on the planet right now. She's the author of Healing Our World. It's one of my favorite books. It's just one of the best, uh, most communicative, understandable messages of freedom that you can possibly hand somebody in book form. Highly recommend that. But she was running for the Libertarian Party's presidential candidacy this year against Bob Barr. This guy is a former House of Representatives member in the United States Congress. He is a former Republican, but I think he still considers himself a Republican. Anyway, this guy was one of the biggest drug warriors in Congress. He's, you know, just another run-of-the-mill statist. And, in fact, the Libertarian Party actually made a concerted effort back in 2002 in Georgia to get Bob Barr to lose that election. So, 
the same guy the Libertarian Party kicked out, you know, was was um, spending money to try to get kicked out of office. They now have nominated him to their presidential candidacy, mm-hmm. and it's because the Libertarian Party has been infiltrated over the past decade by these neocons or these uh, you know conservative lights that want to come in and take over the party so they can have their conservative party back, since the conservatives have been taken over by the the neocons completely, and. The Libertarian Party is not a conservative party. It's not a conservative light party, or at least originally it wasn't. The original intention was to have the Libertarian Party be in existence to spread a principled message of freedom. The idea that it's wrong to aggress against your neighbor and supporting aggression against your neighbor is it's wrong. And, and, and it Mary, not Ruart, be done. Mary Ruart has been one of the greatest proponents of sticking to that principle. And in and, right. and her book, you're absolutely right. The book is, is wonderful. And all the things that she said have uh, I've never found a quibble with uh, anything. There might be something out there that I'm missing, but she's just been phenomenal. But she lost and the she nomination, lost. Yeah. and after that, a bunch of people decided to leave the Libertarian Party. Now, I left before the nominating process because I just I felt the winds blowing. I knew what was coming, and it, I'd, I'd seen evidence for years, and this the Bob Barr thing was just the icing on the cake or the straw that broke the camel's back. It's, the Libertarian Party is done for. And they have contributed to ruining the the term libertarian, as far as I'm concerned. But what you saw from the people that were still involved in the party, as far as their response to people like me and others leaving, I think, I don't know if Angela Keaton left, a number of people in the Libertarian Party have left. And their response is, well, you're just a bunch of quitters. Yeah, you guys are ruining this for us. Hey, we've got the chance to get the most votes we've ever gotten at any time in the Libertarian Party's history, and you guys are just walking out. You're ruining it for us. Yeah, I, I don't this have is any the attitude. I, I don't have any. I, I disagree with that particular attitude, and I don't know that I don't, I'm not getting that impression. What I'm getting um, the impression from this particular email is this guy's saying that look, I feel. I feel, uh, you know, like a second-class citizen. I feel like you're not acknowledging the importance of people that want to do political action and the work that they're doing on your behalf. He's saying that, uh, that, you know, in the women's suffrage movement, it was Congress or whatever that uh, managed to finally get, uh, w- See, you know, women the right to vote, yeah. not the women throwing themselves in front of the horses. And I think, I think, Mark and Ian, one of the, uh, one of the, pr- one of the, one of the problems that is endemic in this whole thing is that you've got principled people who do not believe in the aggressive use of force, and you have a political party. And the political party is designed, it's either designed to be a promoter of the ideology, in that case it's not a political party, it's an ideological party, or it's there to try to win seats and gain ground to try to reduce the size of government and get more towards the, the principles those people espouse. But the problem is there's a barrier that can't seem to be overcome, and I think many of the people who are t- participate in, in politics will acknowledge that uh, the anarchists have a problem with this. It is, that, it is this, and I'll give you an example. We're thinking about going out to see uh, um, Ron Paul's big deal over in September. I have a lot of anarchist friends who say, yeah, you know, but I feel a little bit uncomfortable going out there because even if Ron Paul were to win for the presidency, I don't believe the presidency or the government of the United States is set up legitimately because it still has to coercively take someone's private property in order to perform even the most basic task that the Constitution supplies. So there's this there's this problem, there's a paradox within the Libertarian Party, and that is you've got the anarchists who don't participate on principle because they say government itself 
runs counter to my principles. It forcibly takes money even for its most basic police protection services. And so they won't participate. But the other people say the only way we can get closer to what you want is if we do participate in this system. And I think that's a, that's certainly the fundamental disagreement here. That's the claim that he's making is that, well, we still need you guys working in the political system so we can change things. So it's still that same uh, indignant, hey, wait a minute, our ranks are shrinking. You can't go over there. Don't do that. And so he's getting very upset. He says he wants to hit back and hit hard in his email at people like me, who he claims are now a blight on the pro-liberty movement and that i i can't i can't agree with that how how on earth could we be considered a blight and he gives the example of uh suffered the women's suffrage movement and how you know they threw themselves and but it was the the political people that made the changes but those are what those folks wanted they wanted political change they uh were, were doing those uh actions in hopes that the pol- uh, the political situation would change whereas people like me that just want to non-cooperate and live free we don't give a damn what happens politically we just want those people to leave us alone so if they want to go and write laws and stuff that tell them to leave us alone well that's their business that's not what we're pushing for we just want to live free leave us alone how that how is that a blight how does that in any way negatively affect what you are doing in your little political game 1-800-259-9231 we'll talk to somebody here who is in the political world and considers himself an anarchist in moments free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and if you like Free Talk Live, then you can help support the show by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whether you're buying Gardner Goldsmith's excellent book, hey. Live Free or Die, which is available through Amazon, or you're buying some groceries or whatever it is that you're purchasing in over 41 categories to shop, you'll feel good because you're getting the products you want at a great price delivered to your door, and you're helping Free Talk Live out all at the same time. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and to learn more about Guard's book, can they go to LibertyConspiracy.com? Yes, they can. Yes, indeed. Thanks. And uh, just to let people know, if they do go over to Amazon, I'd love to see more reviews over there. And it would be great to see uh, even more people picking it up. I want to beat Garrison Keillor on the list. So if you've got a copy, get another copy or something and give it to a friend. I don't make much off each book, but it would be great to see it going up the the ranks. It's about getting the ideas out there. Right on. And, And leave a review. I'd love, love to hear that. Good suggestion. Good Again, Amazon.freetalklive.com. We continue the conversation that was started at the beginning of the hour about uh, one of these political okay. libertarians, I guess, that's very upset at the fact that people are just deciding to drop out of the political system, become non-cooperative, anarcho-capitalists or volunteer, uh, voluntarists that are just not interested in playing the political game anymore and very upsetting to him, and he wants to strike back. He wants to hit back and hit hard. But first, let's talk to Dennis in New Hampshire, who... Is someone who actually calls himself an anarchist, but at the same time involves himself in political action. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, first I got to say, I am so psyched that Guard is on the show. I am a huge Guard Goldsmith fan. I'm a member of the fan club. I got the Guard Goldsmith compass with a needle that always points to the G. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. The check's on its way. All right, buddy. Yeah, all right. That, you know, we, we talked about the price ahead of time. And I think these people who are annoyed with people like Ian and, and Russ and Kat and, and all of that, 
people who don't get involved in politics. I think it's literally the exact same psychological response that you get from people when you challenge their beliefs. It feels like they're challenged personally, and you get that fight-or-flight response Mm -hmm. that is just irrational. And there's no way around it. It's irrational. Well, and I think there's a rational factor in that their ranks, they, they may feel as though their ranks are shrinking. Like, you know, oh, no, you can't go to New Hampshire from where you live. Uh, that'll take away from our action here. Or, no, you can't leave the Libertarian Party. That's, you're being a quitter. Or, no, you can't leave political action entirely. How are we ever going to get anything done? Well, I've come to really appreciate this. If there's one thing that really pisses me off as a person who spends a whole lot of time doing activism, it is anyone telling me what activism they think I should do. My first response is, why the f*** did you not do that? Yeah. So, you know, either lead by example or get out of the way. And so I got a, I got a question, one for Ian and one for Guard. So, Ian, you, you talk about... Where's my damn question? Um Here's, here's a straight-up question for you. The former president of the Free State Project is running for state rep in your city of Keene. Do you plan to help him out in any way? You're talking about Varon? You got it. If Varon will sign the small government pledge, he can count on my assistance. All right. If he hasn't signed it yet, we should all just beat him up. And I mean physically, yeah. I mean we know where he lives. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I've got this very, very high level of uh, you know this uh, criteria that people need to pass in order for me to even give a flip about what they're doing. And I'm pretty sure Varon would be somebody that would sign the small government pledge. And for those that don't know, the small government pledge essentially says that uh, I do not support uh, the, the um, increasing the size of government in Every issue, every time, I will vote to decrease the size of government. Not to keep it the same size, but to decrease the size of government. So, you know, it, it, but last time we had a, an election season, the only person that was willing to sign that thing was my own girlfriend, Julia. Now, Varon wasn't in the uh, the running at that time, so hopefully he will get on board with that. Yeah, you know what yeah, would be part, a lot of fun? Of you... Oh, sorry, Dennis. Go ahead, Betty. Well, I was just going to say, part of the hard row you hoe when you're in Keene is just that your politicians there, there's so few good ones to choose from. It's Everybody else in New Hampshire goes, oh, God, you're in Keene. It must suck, politically speaking. And, you know, it. so I'm, I'm very glad that at least Varen, for example, is, is politically active and running, and that's groovy. I suppose you can look at it in a positive light. It just allows you to stand out that much more, right, Dennis? Yeah. Yeah. You had a question for Guard? I did. I have a question for Guard. So I'm I am so screwed up on on the U.S. Congress. I here's my moral dilemma. Okay. okay. The current guy. For, there, there's two congressional districts in New Hampshire. The current guy that conquered, et cetera, has sent to to Washington is a member of the Communist Party, calling himself a Democrat. <laughs> His name is Paul Hodes. Okay. Hodes. Now this guy just is is bad. Oh, he's I mean, the worst. to say he doesn't represent me is is an understatement. Yeah. Now. There's a bunch of Republicans that are trying to unseat him, none of whom I consider anywhere near as bad as Hodes. They all at least move their mouth – well, three or four of them, three out of four of them, move their mouths to say the words smaller government. Yeah, Every yeah. one of the three that I would think of voting for has a serious problem. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. One of them is uh, is this guy, Clegg, that, that, that I know that you know who does not understand the free market, period. No. Another one is a guy who really is into the free market, um, uh, bossy, and he mm-hmm. wants to throw anyone who smokes pot in jail, so I can't vote for him. Mm-hmm. And then there's this lady named Jennifer Horn who yeah. gets it. I mean, she keeps a copy of the Constitution in her purse at all times. I just love it. Yeah. And she's one of these people that wants a constitutional amendment to prevent 
same-sex people from getting married. So I can't vote for yeah. her either. So. And also she thinks that sensible gun control is okay, wink, wink, sensible, whatever that means. Yeah, so so here's what I'm <laughs> left with. I I almost feel like not voting for someone is in a way giving sanction to the extreme evil person that I think will win if I don't vote. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. You know, Dennis, I'm in the exact same boat, man. We, You've got one or I've got the other, and uh, we're traveling in a straight line towards oblivion because I. it's a very difficult, difficult question, and the only way that I think I can feel comfortable... And and sometimes, I have to tell you, sometimes on a whim, I've been in that situation, and I've been in the ballot box, and I say, uh, you know what, I think I'm going to do this. And then I end up doing that, and I have to sort of rationalize it later, my vote or something. Uh, I I have to say, uh, Grant in particular, Grant Bossy, is a, a friend of mine, and uh, he asked me if I was going to be uh, supporting him. And I said, uh, most most likely not, because there is going to be a libertarian candidate I'll be supporting uh, if I do support anyone, and you know, is there going to be a libertarian candidate? Uh, I don't know. I'm yes, not sure. Right. I, I checked I the believe Secretary so. of State's website for the for the for the for the full election. It's easy. I'm voting for the libertarian. That was easy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so why are you even the, worried? But I there's mean, a primary. There's a yeah. primary. The primary, I'd have to go probably with Grant Bossy because he's the least of I all. I feel like we're getting too New Hampshire based at yeah, this point. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll the say issue this, was uh, like you know what the do you bossy, do with... the Bossy guy is the one who would put all the drug people in jail if you're going to vote. Jail and I cannot. I told him this point blank. Look, you want me in jail. I cannot vote for you. What did he say right. to you? Oh well, you know we agree to disagree, and then of what course I told my old, No, we're not agreeing to disagree. We're agreeing to disagree, and you want me in jail? Yeah, yeah. exactly. What a low exactly. life. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know, Dennis. In the primary, you have a little bit more room to be experimental. Uh, although your vote could have long-term real consequences if someone for whom you cast a vote ends up getting into the the office. Um, going up against an incumbent like Paul Hodes, you can you can sort of fudge your calculations a little bit and say, well, you know, it's unlikely that the Republican could win at all. Uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, I wouldn't give my sanction to any of them. Uh, I don't go. think I could do it. Um, yeah. You have the word from the GLG Grande. Thank you, Dennis, for the call, and good luck uh. with your decision. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Yeah. I figured out a way. Mark, you can go ahead, but I'll share something about this whole conflict. Mm. You want me first? Ahead, I'm yeah. not talking about that particular conflict. I understand where Dennis is coming from in, in this particular area because, you know, you sort of battle with yourself. Uh, for instance, here in uh, in New Hampshire, we have one of the um, you know best scoring on the RLC's charts of the senators, uh, Sununu. But, man, when he drops the ball, he drops it really big. He's pro, uh, you know, pro-war, pro, pro yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and several Voted other for the issues. the Patriot Act, I yeah, think. Vote, yeah, Patriot Act, wiretapping, all that other good stuff. Sure. Uh, you know, got to get them tourists. Um, and, and those two things are very important to me. So I don't know what to do with this guy. I, you know, I, I just I, I can't. Won't, I won't vote. I mean, it's it's. It's a federal government level, first of all, and I, again, I've already said I don't think that anything can significantly could be changed there. So really, does it really matter if it's yeah. so-and-so a versus lot, so-and-so? A lot of those thoughts go into your calculation, I think, Ian, when you go through this. For example, in that case, in the case of the 2nd Congressional District about which Dennis was speaking, <clears throat> those are all Republican candidates. Grant Bossy uh, is the guy who would uh, put the drug, drug people in jail, mm-hmm. users of marijuana or possessors, whatever. Um, but they all would, actually, all of them probably. would. And uh, on all the other subjects, he's probably better than all, all the, the rest of the candidates. But 
Uh, I still, because of the disagreement, as Mark said, there are some issues that you just can't overlook. Because of that disagreement, I, I, I wouldn't be able to give him my sanction. Well, I decided to ask a question, and I was going to forward this to you, Guard, if you'd, if you'd gotten back to me, but he hasn't yet. Yeah. But I wanted to ask a question that I figured would really lay it out there and find out whether or not I could vote for any of these unprincipled people. And my question for him, and I've asked this of the other lady too, Jennifer, my question was, do you support my right to personally secede and withdraw consent from the government? Now, he did write me back on that. I'll share uh, with you here in a moment what he had to say. This may be something you can try with your local uh, political candidates, just to see what they'll say, <laughs> if they say anything. If you want to waste your time talking. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those all on us at freetalklive.com. Now, last hour toward the end of the hour, I got a little nervous because we start, there were too many, too many political names being dropped. Uh, about, you know, Dennis had called in from New Hampshire. He was talking about one of the elections that's going on here. And the purpose of the him bringing it up was to talk about how he's torn. As somebody who is a, a, a voluntarist, somebody who doesn't believe in aggressing against his neighbors, as none of us, uh, none of us here agree with aggressing against our neighbors, he was bringing it up to simply talk about how frustrated he is that he'd like to vote for somebody, but... All of them have fundamental flaws. You know, one guy, uh, and I prefer if you drop a name once and then just say, that guy, or something like that. That way we don't sound too political. Anyway, he was talking about how this one guy wants to throw him in a jail cell because he smokes marijuana. And then this other chick, you know, wants uh, gun control. And there were just all kinds of negatives about these candidates. He was very frustrated uh, in general about wanting to vote. But not being able to, because if you vote for somebody that wants to aggress against you, then what are you saying? I mean, what, is that, what does that mean? If you're endorsing someone with your vote and they want to control your life, that is something that people like me can't do in good conscience. Yeah. And so it's very frustrating to them. And so I've come up with an idea. You know, uh, to to just it's just for fun. I don't really expect to get any answers out of these politicians, these people running for office. But one of the things about uh, people when they run for office is they're a little bit more reachable. You can actually get them to talk to you because they want your vote, right? Sure. They're uh, pan- they're willing to pander to you to some extent and and speak to you as though you are another human being uh, in order to get you to vote for them. And of course, once they get into office, actually getting them on the phone with you is a Whole other story. Impossible. Yeah. Uh, now, to be until fair, they're, until they're running for re-election. Well, to be, right. To, now, to be fair to the uh, the New Hampshire representatives, they are pretty easy to get on the phone. But that's because right. they usually give their home telephone number. Right. Yeah. But I'm talking about you know Senate, uh, and then of course anything at a national level. So here's what I wrote to one of these candidates, uh, your buddy Grant. Uh Gardner. Yeah. I wrote him this. I said, I've heard much good from the liberty activists in New Hampshire. I only have one question that needs to be answered, and then I'll be able to vote for you. Do you support CLX? I sort of used a little carrot hanging out the vote vote thing there, see what he would do. Uh, I said, do you support my right to personally secede and withdraw consent from the government? Looking forward to your response. 
Has he responded? He did. He said, Ian, thank you for your interest in your question. You certainly have the right to walk away from government intervention in your life. That's a big reason why government should be moved down to as local level as as possible. And I certainly favor a much smaller government than we currently have on the federal, state, and local levels. How would you propose personal secession would work? Would you be free from government intervention on your property or on public property as well? How would laws protecting the rights of others apply to you? He says, I'm curious and be happy to talk more in detail, and he mentions where he'll be in person. So I wrote him back. I said, well, Grant, what has begun happening is that people are withdrawing their consent from the concept of government, and more are moving here to do this every month. We do not yet know the extent to which the people calling themselves government will continue to attempt to intervene in our property and our lives. We're going to determine if the people calling themselves government are actually men and women, uh, men and women willing to do business at the threat of violence, or if their organization really is by the consent of the governed, as their own founding documents claim. My next question, therefore, is if you win your election, since you'll be swearing an oath to the government, will you support the actions of your government people if they imprison my non-cooperative friends and steal their cars and houses from them? (laughs) So far, he has not written me back, and it's been coming up, I think, on a week since I originally sent that. I also sort of... um, created just sort of combined both of the emails that i wrote to him together yeah. into one email and asked it of the other candidate uh that dennis mentioned earlier and she hasn't gone back to me either so well you know you set it up beautifully and you obviously had an idea of what his response might be i hope you did uh because if you didn't that was a brilliant way to come back at it but that you have to do that anytime you ask these questions of any of the politicians you have to anticipate what their answer is going to be, and I'm, I'm probably not saying anything new to any of the listeners out there. But it's it's a it's a weird chess game. It's a, it's a rhetorical chess game you have to play. You say, okay, I'll say this, and then they're going to say this, and so what I've got to do is then place them in a very very difficult position based mm-hmm. on their first answer by asking them this, which is exactly what you did. Yeah. So I'm curious. I mean, if he if he writes me back, I'll share it with you guys, and yeah. we'll see uh, we'll see what he says. I don't really expect to hear from him again, but you never know. Mm-hmm. And if he says that he'll support me, then well, then he'll actually be representing my viewpoint, which is unusual. Would be unusual in one of these government representatives, but I don't expect that to happen. You know, I always want, I wonder about this uh, personal secession thing. If I secede from the country. Um, you know, sort of on a nation-state basis, if I create my own little nation um, there, am I allowed to leave it? Do I need to get a passport to come <laughs> to the United States? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what they, that's how they would uh, normally right, view sure, it. Right. And and uh, can they shoot on sight? Uh, would, 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 would somebody from my nation, namely me, be considered an invader? <laughs> <laughs> All good questions. If I, if I decide to open carry in the state of New Hampshire, um, and, you know, my state is completely in, in, inside of the state of New Hampshire... If I'm open carrying, am I then an armed invader? Do you need an immigration attorney to go to the McDonald's drive-thru? I don't know. These all sound like fun questions to ask the political candidates. <laughs> it doesn't sound like any of that. It sounds like <laughs> confusing nonsense. How come Seinfeld never dealt with stuff like that? How does this work? I don't know. <laughs> That's really good. Let's go to your phone calls here and talk to Alex in New Hampshire. You are on free talk. Oh, wait. Alex, you're not in New Hampshire, are you, Alex? New Jersey. New Jersey. Sorry about that. You're in the other new something, which isn't so great. Hey, Alex. All right. Go ahead. What's on your mind? I was wondering, uh, Ian, you always oh. this uh, free society. I always what about right? the free society? I'm sorry. You cut out for just a moment there. You say we have to evolve. I think that's a good term. Yeah. Um, how do you suppose the first step would be? I was thinking about possibly taking the first step, would be, which would be to set up arbitration courts. Do you agree with that that should be the first step? You mean for the people who are within that movement? Yes. 
I, I don't know what the I think the you better fall, uh, be. solve fire, fire service and roads before you go arbitration. Yeah, I don't. It's hard to say what the. I don't think there's any real first step because in the movement, in the liberty movement, and in particularly in the market-based action uh, realm, there are all kinds of people with different interests about what they think the first step should be. So, for instance, there was recently a meeting here uh, in the Keene area um, of people that are interested in creating an alternative certification for driving. Uh, so that's obviously what they think the first step should be. Uh, people like you may believe that getting an alternative court set up would be a good idea. And I support it all. I mean, I would like to have an alternative bank. I'd like to have a bank that's not, you know, FDIC insured or in any uh-huh. way tied to the federal government. I think that'd be pretty important to be able to actually have my assets protected by somebody that's just not going to roll over anytime someone calling themselves a government agent calls on the phone. So I think there are a lot of different areas that should be the first step. But yes, roads, fire protection, uh, all that's pretty important too. So I think it just depends on what you think is important and, you know, what you're willing to to work on and how much capital you have and you know, probably kind of- just based on the, the the variations in the division of labor and i don't think you can really sort of direct it as yeah. long as people start working towards what they like i hope that answers your question any other thoughts uh well the, i did have one other thought yes, uh, the the whole idea of the free market depends that you have a um, less labor than resources so that you always have a stream of people that need to work but what happens if the world becomes so overpopulated that um, you now you now actually can't have jobs because you don't have enough resources to give those people jobs? Okay, uh, let me see if I got this straight. That? Can you can you restate that because I I think you're you're stating something that's a virtual impossibility uh, based on, on... Um, what, what I'm stating is that you need to have a certain amount of resources and a certain amount of labor, and and that's how people would get jobs. But if you have more labor than resources, then the the people aren't going to get hired. And if they're not going to get oh, hired... Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, uh, I, there's a... The, I don't, you're probably familiar with Julian Simon's book, The Ultimate Resource. And uh, there's another one called uh, The Economy in Mind by Warren Brooks, who who passed away. <laughs> Uh, a while back, but um, the resources are unlimited because man's ingenuity is is what turns things into resources. So the ultimate resource is the human mind. So uh, it really doesn't matter what the size of your labor pool is or what the size of your resource pool is. Uh, based on, on economics, uh, they will always be working in, in conjunction with one another, and resources will be created more and more often if you free up minds. Great I don't know call. If that helps. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The idea being that uh, the, the, the human mind, if it is free to create, can always create new wealth, and new wealth builds into new wealth and builds into new wealth, and the wealth pie always expands there is no lack. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Once again, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo, prove they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. In Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tad Galahad goes to hell. In hell, he finds nanobots, killbots, sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com. 
That's freedom-engineering.com. All right, we're going to get back to your calls here, but I wanted to expand and expound a bit on the last question that we had a moment ago from Alex, who was very curious about the idea that, well, what if population increases so much that the resources just can't keep up with it? And, Gard, you had uh, had touched on that, but I thought it deserved a little bit more discussion because it, it really uh, – it's got a fallacy inherent in it, the idea yeah. that there is a lack of resources and... There would be an R of or, lack of resources. Or that there... there mm-hmm. Is that R of lack? Yeah. That there are a lack no, of resources? It is a lack of resources. Resources is plural, but the, plural, but the lack is singular. Gotcha. It's sort of like, is a lot, are lots. Must have just... Know? Going well, around. Yeah, well, I don't know, but but uh, yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Um, <clears throat> what's what's fascinating about it is it's it it appears at first blush to be dynamic thinking when you when you look at that and you say, okay, um, <clears throat> you know, limited resources, uh, people growing, uh, and you know, what if it becomes so productive, uh, nobody needs to work anymore, that sort of thing. Um, okay, on the resource thing, and I'm combining two things there. On the resource thing, uh, as I mentioned before. Uh, the human mind is, as Julian Simon said, the ultimate resource. As Warren Brooks said in his book, The Economy in Mind. <clears throat> it's where uh, the ideas come from in, in how exactly. to utilize what uh, nature has provided exactly. to us. And until something – people often claim that we're, we're using up our natural resources and so on and so forth. What they don't realize is – what they is, teach you in government schools. Yes, yes, absolutely. That There are a limited number of natural resources. What they don't understand is until human ingenuity was applied to those pieces of crap stuff out there in nature, they were not resources. Oil was a nuisance when yeah, it was Exactly. Found. Yeah, it was just the stuff exactly. that ruined land. Or, I mean, right. Oil is a good sort of modern example, but uh, what good was uh, iron ore to people until they figured out how to use you know, iron in order to make – Weapons That's right. and you know tools and, and that there, kind of thing. there really is one human resource: a man, human, his mind, his physical capacity, his ability to exert himself. Those things are the resources which need to be freed up, or i.e., preserved. And the only way that you expand uh, the the living standards of any nation or peoples or whatever is by freeing up that resources to then create other resources for people. Now, if you've got an economy. That has expanded so much and productivity has increased so much that you don't have to work as much for things. That's good. That's a good thing. And what will happen is you will have people's energies and so on applied to all sorts of other things. It is limitless. For some people, it'll be drinking beer. Yeah. For a lot of people, it'll be drinking beer. But there's there there are people that uh, will apply it to all kinds of different things. Ian used an example the break that there are people out there that uh, catalog every little thing that happened in the television show Lost. (laughs) Oh, I just find the internet. I find the internet to be. The greatest example of how truly wealthy we really are. Yeah, we still have to go to work, and you know, there's still to be things that need to get done. But everybody has enough time; they have enough free time on their hands to where there's so much detail. I mean, Wikipedia is another great example of just an incredibly large volume of information that was all contributed, all by people who are not expecting to get any sort of financial return to do so. It was yeah. essentially was their hobby to fill in the blanks on this informational but, sort of setup, and there's just so much of that out there. You know, 
that people well, have all this free time. I think it's wonderful, and there'll just be more of that. You know, taking that as an example, Ian, I think that's a great way to show the, the fallacies that the government has to do something. That, you know, you could say, well, how, how could that get done if, if the government didn't get involved? How could, how could you get information about I looked up C4 last night because I was watching, um, what the was explosive? it? Uh, yeah, C4 explosives. Because I wanted to know what the C stood for. I was watching uh, Mythbusters last night, and they always say, you know, uh, when in doubt, C4. You know, that sort of thing. So my niece was, we were fascinated by it. We're checking it out. Now, if the government weren't there, what would I do? Well, somebody was interested in C4, and they looked it up, and they did some research, or they did that sort of work, and they put the information in there. So I can get it. And the more we have free time, the more our lives will be enriched in this way. And obviously, I'm not saying anything that people don't know, but... But uh, well, unfortunately, we're trained. Sometimes you do have to say things that people know. Well, sometimes that's it. you do. They, people think like, well, if everything's done, then people people need. I mean, we need it's to never do done. something. It will never be done because people will have demands for their entertainment. New ideas will come around that will better people's lives. The whole point is to allow us to work less and enjoy life more. Ask somebody 500 years ago uh, what they would have thought about the supposition that no one had to work anymore. They'd be like, all right, awesome. This is great. But nowadays, like, well, if nobody has to work anymore, people will always work. They'll just work to do new things. Look at the, look at Nintendo, multi-trillion dollar company over the years, and it's all for entertaining people, you know? Yep. So, so what happens is if you can free up that human resource, you turn natural things into resources, and man will always be doing it. The more you can do that, the better our lives are, the more we can concentrate on other things, and it constantly grows and lives get better. Right, and just because we already have a resource that we know of that we're already sort of exploiting, to use lack of a better term, but utilizing – that doesn't mean that that resource, that same resource, can't be utilized more efficiently. Yeah. I mean, you figure out uh, – initially, they figured out how to turn uh, oil into something that you could actually do something valuable with. And then they figured out how to make oil more and more and more valuable and, and the, you know, the, the devices that you put them well, into more efficient over time. And There was a, t- there was a time when uh, what they – you know, shale oil, what they call shale oil, uh, was, you know, considered to be just junk, useless because, well, you know, they, it, w- it was too costly to get out of the ground. But – now, shale oil, because of economics over time, um, you know, inflation of the currency and that kind of thing, and how uh, technology, technological increases in the ability to drill for the shale oil, that's what Canada is using uh, to, some, to some large extent. Now, it's not light, sweet, crude, which is, of course, the best kind of oil, but it's still quite usable. But mm-hmm. even oil itself is pretty old school. I mean, it's pretty old, ancient technology compared to what we could be having. And this is where the issue comes in of having the mind and the human um, person being free in order to explore these new areas. Nuclear energy can do a hell of a lot more than oil or natural gas or any of these other resource-based energy ideas. But we can't do anything with it because people calling themselves government have stepped in and said no more nuclear facilities. None can be built. And they haven't there haven't. I don't think there's been one built since the 70s. So so that technology has been developed in other places around the world to the point where I read recently that there was some sort of neighborhood nuclear power plant that's very, very small that uh, Hitachi built or something like that. Mm. And they're talking about putting that in in Japan. Uh, So clearly the rest of the world, you know, some of the rest of the world's okay with this nuclear. 
nuclear idea, and they understand that they can get tremendous energy from very well, little resources. Thing, one of the things that people are largely concerned with is, uh, you know, the waste that comes uh, off these plants, and it's, you know, it, it, it lasts a long time. It's radioactive for a long time. Someone will figure out what to going, do with that. How are we going to learn to get rid of it if we don't have uh, a motivation? We can't even try. You know, I mean, that's, it's, it's the that's so that's absolutely what, right. So that's the number one factor. I'm sure they've gotten better at storing it than they were in 1973 or whatever. There will be someone that will figure out how to use that off uh, pudding. They'll, they'll take yep. that. Uh, well, that's what they did with the uh, the waste from uh, refining oil was plastic. Turn it into plastic. Right. Exactly. So as long as humans are free to use their minds on these resources, wealth pie will continue to expand. But if government stands in the way and says, oh, whoa, hold on there, <laughs> then we go, we go nowhere fast. And we have to use up all this other crap. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Garn. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive for free. Of course, that's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. Next time you've got a meeting that uh, perhaps you uh, would like to be there in front of the client, try WebEx for free. Uh, WebEx allows the client to view your we- uh, your desktop remotely, so you can do a little PowerPoint presentation, move your little cursor around, that kind of thing. Um, is All you have to do is go to webex.com, enter promo code 600 for your free trial of WebEx, it's W-E-B-E-X dot com, and um, the promo code 600 will allow you to get your free trial, and you can try for, um, they, they have uh, free webcams, too, so that you can be, you know, be seen by these people. Very cool. 800-259-9231 to your phone calls to Dave in Athens, listening to W-A-I-S. Hello, Dave. Dave in Athens. Go. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How would you feel about city-states, like sovereign city-states? Oh, you got a word state in there. Well, I mean, I don't like the idea of government because I don't want uh, to aggress against my neighbor. I don't think it's right to aggress against your neighbor. Uh, but I, I certainly support the idea of decentralization, so I'd, I'd prefer... I see some advantages. I would prefer, if I have to choose between governments, I'd rather have a local government than a state or federal government. So, yeah, the idea of a more localized government is a good idea because you just you know who those people are. You know, you know where they live. I think the ancient Greeks had city-states. Mm-hmm. There you go. If yeah. I remember correct, I'll well, do the research. Thank you, Dave, well, for the call tonight. I, one, of the, uh, one of the things I was thinking about the city-state uh, situation is the uh, sort of the difference in regulations. If you're going to have city-states, then they're going to be able to rule themselves, and some of them are going to come up with more regulations than others in all kinds of different arenas. They're going to say that uh, in ceiling fans, you know, they have to turn right instead of left, and uh, you know the <laughs> blades have to be a certain length. You know, whatever. Um, toilets must flush. Uh, you know, they uh, uh, no more than 1.3 gallons. Some will say up to you know five gallons. Whatever. Yeah, they can only go so far with that, and have the people want to do business there still. Understood, but. Um, some of them are going to do it anyway, and Vermont is an excellent example <laughs> of a place where they're just going to do it anyway. So Good for Vermont, <laughs> one of the, the sort of the advantage of the uh, the Free State Project, if if for, perhaps uh, you know for, for New Hampshire decides to secede, well, 
we will politically yeah politically secede they you know they'll they'll still be the advantages of all of you know they'll they'll be less regulations so all the regulations for the united states would sort of apply it'd be silly for new hampshire to try to uh you know get regulations beyond what um the regulations are essentially essentially nationally well that doesn't From a seem business like likely standpoint, i mean it doesn't seem likely if you can get politically people to understand the idea and the benefits of secession i don't see why they would all of a sudden after that decide to start regulating heavier because you'd have to to basically elect liberty-minded people in order to get something like that to even occur at a political level. So to, to see that turn around after that... I was just playing some mental uh, games with the idea of city-states, yeah. that's all. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue with... Uh, let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, yeah, there's a bureaucratic mess that's uh, going to give some bureaucrats a little job security because they get to sort it all out with all the uh, the Texas birth certificates. A lot of people were born in Texas to midwives, and some of these midwives got caught writing fake birth certificates for people that really were born in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And now, hold it, if you got a Texas birth certificate that says you were born to a midwife and you weren't born in a hospital, how do we know you weren't really born oh, in no. Mexico? Yep. Okay? What's happening now, to people? Uh, and, well, uh, maybe some of them really will be proven to be have been born in Mexico. And the other issue is... Uh, how do you prove that? I don't know, but some of the... Uh, Politicians are now arguing that even if you're, they're, they're trying to uh, deliberately misinterpret the 14th Amendment's uh, citizenship clause, which says all persons born or naturalized in the United States, comma, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, comma, are citizens of the United States, comma, and of the state wherein they reside, period. Now, uh, they're trying to say, oh, but they had to be subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, and uh, those, those people were illegal aliens. Well, if they weren't subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, try telling that to the Border Patrol uh, when they, they go to arrest them and deport them. But anyway, having uh, pointed that out, there's two extremes, a good scenario, uh, first a bad scenario, and a good scenario on the extremes. And that is the title to your house is questioned, because you bought the house from the rightful owner, but we take a look at the deed, and hey, it was notarized by Joe Schmo, who was got one of those birth certificates, and he wasn't really a U.S. citizen, therefore he wasn't eligible to hold oh, the office geez. of oh, notary man. public. What a and nightmare. The, well, I'm coming up with this one, but there's another one. Hold it. Uh, uh, Charlie was born in the United States, but he was born to an illegal alien, you see, because his mother had a perfectly had a green card a permanent resident card as the but it was fraudulently obtained cuz she claimed that she was the spouse of a United States citizen and the justice of the peace who solemnized the marriage wasn't eligible to hold that office therefore the marriage was null and void because it was solemnized by somebody that wasn't eligible. Therefore, Charlie was not a United States citizen because he was born to an illegal alien. And therefore, <sighs> he wasn't eligible to be the sheriff. And therefore, the defendant who is accused of murdering a uh, law enforcement officer, 
Yeah, but he wasn't a law enforcement officer. He wasn't eligible to be a sheriff because even though he was born in the United States, he was born to an illegal alien because the marriage of that mother to that father was solemnized by a justice of the peace who was really born in Mexico. Did you guys follow all that? I'm, I'm completely baffled. Yeah, I think what Tom's trying to get at here is there could be some really interesting uh, ramifications. ramifications. Thanks, yeah. Tom, for the call. Wow. And it sounds like he's done a lot more thinking about it than we have. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So the government. So as my understanding of that was that the government has uh, decided that certain birth certificates down there in Texas are no longer valid, and that could mean all kinds of uh, co- just chaotic things Perhaps happening. Perhaps in question might be. A, yeah, a I felt like I was taking a walk through Byzantium there. That was amazing. <laughs> well, well, the, the thing and is, it's is, so is rough. That, that's that's what it. That's what happens when uh, you you let government get involved in things like that. In fact, it does make this sort of wonderland yeah. sort of situation where you know the playing cards come alive and say off with her head. I mean, look, that's absolutely right. I, who are you to tell uh, you know this person that they aren't legal and and therefore that everything that they've done is not right. valid? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. There's and no just, such thing as illegal people, right? But but people believe that there is, and this is yet it's illegal. Reason. What part of illegal don't you understand? Well, it's illegal until it's inconvenient for you, pal. Yeah. Uh, just another reason it seems to me to get the hell out of this federal government. I mean, it just causes nothing but problems. The whole idea is a bad one, and it's time it ended. So yeah. let's continue with your calls about what you want, Dave in Montana. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. How you doing? Yeah, Uncle Sam's grown rotten, kind of. It was I rotten from the that, beginning. <laughs> You're right. What do you call uh, that deal with the birth certificates will just make us all have to show birth certificates. Yeah. People don't understand that. Man. That's what they're working That's what they're towards. starting to do. They want everybody to have a passport when they come back to the country, and in order to get a passport, you have to have a birth certificate. It's crazy. They're yeah. playing both sides of the fence. That's all just for control. And uh, one of the prime uh, examples that it control on the resources is hemp, cannabis. Mm-hmm. The yep. plant's got 25,000 uses. It makes plastic that's uh, biodegradable and doesn't uh, allow our bodies to recognize it as uh, what is it, the plastic molecule our body recognizes as estrogen or something. Or I don't know about all that, but I do thing. know that you're right, that hemp is incredibly valuable uh, as a crop, and because of government intervention... The most nutritional food, and, and they're worried about feeding people and stuff, and we're not, you're not allowed to grow the most nutritional food known to mankind. It doesn't make no sense at all. We it's tragic. We people working. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Access but but somebody needed to be protected. Somebody needed their industry protected. They had some buddies in government, and they went and they outlawed hemp back in the 30s. Great call, Dave, as always. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And so people are prevented from being able to develop that resource with their minds by a bunch of violent men and women calling themselves government. The idea is it's over. Let's move on. Let's evolve. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, uh, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live. You're going to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can, at a very low cost or free, 
help Free Talk Live get into more people's ear canals and uh, spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn how. Though apparently some people don't appreciate the brand of liberty that I am promoting on this program. And we started the show out with an email about one particular listener who's very upset at the non-compliant types like myself who advocate just don't comply with the system, just say no to government, and eventually something is going to change. And uh, I'll just go ahead and continue his email here, Mark, since you want I have to it up okay. in front of me here. So he started uh, by critiquing, and he says that he wants to hit back and hit hard against people like me. He says, of course, non-compliant anarcho-type libertarians think because they don't want government, then that means everybody wants the same. No, that's not what we think. I think there are a lot of people out there that want government, and I think they should be able to have as much of it as they want. Just leave me alone. (laughs) Though voter turnout's fallen, it's been hovering at about 60% for the past two general elections, and the last time I took a math class, 60% still a majority. Well, sir, that's just an argumentum ad populum, an appeal to uh, popularity. Just because a bunch of people participate doesn't make that system in any way inherently right. There's still advocating aggression against their neighbors, and that doesn't persuade me to join up with them. Anyway, he says, ah, but the non-compliant anarcho-libertarians say the reason the majority of the electorate still want government is that they know no better. Ah, yes, that's because anarcho-type libertarians are the only ones with intellect and knowledge. Libertarians and others often accuse liberals for being arrogant and assuming that they know better, yet many libertarians suffer from the same kind of arrogance. Now, I can see where he's coming from on that particular critique, but if I'm wrong about not wanting to aggress against my neighbor, because that's the the primary principle that guides my belief system. That is what it all is based off of, that if I think something is a good idea, you know, giving to charity or helping somebody that needs help or, you know, some sort of project that I want to get into, if I think that something is a good idea... I will not aggress against my neighbors in order to get them to participate with their labor or to participate with their funds. I will persuade. I will go, you know, door to door. I'll send out mailers. I'll appear on television and radio, and I'll talk about my ideas, and I'll spread my ideas that way. But I will never force my neighbor at the threat of violence to do anything to help me with my program. So if you can explain to me exactly how it is that I'm wrong about that, how it is that aggressing against one's neighbors is a good idea and something that's uh, just wonderful to do. Please, by all means, do explain that. But otherwise, I don't have any. I, I don't have any problem looking down my nose at people that want to aggress against their neighbors. And I mean the ones that absolutely want it, not the ones that are kind of in the dark. Because most people are in the dark, right? Like most people, they, they don't, don't even realize that exactly. it's aggression. They don't realize that it's aggression, and, and that's what the ignorance is. It's just that they're ignorant of the gun in the room, and then once you show the gun in the room to people, they usually back off. They're frightened by the fact that they would have ever even supported such a situation. Well, the, 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 the impression I get from this email is not that... Uh you know, there's there's certainly some attacks on uh, people that, uh, you know, non-compliant uh, anarcho-types is what he calls them. Um, but oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of a uh, 
a, a lack of acknowledgement. Uh, you know, he says here that they're 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 snooty, um, and you know that they they have a tendency to look down on down their noses at people and, and that kind of thing. And I I think that that I, I can feel that. Um, you know, I don't I, I, if only from you, not from the uh, the types around uh, around here in Keene, New Hampshire, that uh, I deal with on a regular basis. But just sort of the uh, the, the the better than thou, and I I I think that this is lashing back against that. I think that there's a lot of hyperbole in, in what he's saying, but yeah, well, I could understand that if you are somebody who has come to the uh, come to accept, who understands that you advocate the aggression against your neighbor, that uh, you would feel bad if somebody looked down their nose at you, and that's essentially what he's saying here: is that he advocates aggression against one's neighbor, and he's upset. Don't that, you think that, that I would look down my nose at something like that? Don't you think like that that? Uh, that that somebody could get involved in pol- politics and advocate less aggression against their neighbor, like steps towards uh, you know less aggression, things oh, like that? I understand that that viewpoint, but the fact is, as long as you're advocating aggression against your neighbor, I will oppose you until the point at which you turn around and you support freedom. So it's not that I hate them. It's not that I wouldn't associate with them. I talk to the minarchists. I am friendly with them, and I want them to come my direction. I want them to come to the understanding that non-cooperation is the best way to achieve liberty. They don't agree with that, and that's fine, and they're free to go pursue their little political realm. But to get upset at me because I'm over here doing what I think is right, there's a real attitude there, I think. So he's looking down his nose at me saying, well, <laughs> why don't you come over here and help us? We're trying to we're trying to reduce the aggression over here and you're just you're just not helping at all. That's kind of the that's the impression I'm getting from this. But, but let me continue. He says anybody that doesn't fit in with their perspective of libertarianism is either a heretic or an enemy of liberty. No, not fully. You're not 100 percent an enemy of liberty. You're just an enemy of liberty as far as you oppose liberty. <laughs> That's all. If you oppose liberty on 90 – if you uh, are in favor of liberty on 99 percent of the issues, as Dennis was talking about this, uh, some political candidate that was really good on the free market, like, right, he yeah. got the free market. Well, all except for the whole drug thing. So he doesn't agree with the free market in drugs. He's, he wants to put drug users in a jail cell. Is he, a, uh, is he an enemy of liberty on that one issue? Yes, he is. And until he comes around to understanding that, he will be opposed vociferously on that issue. And I think that's fine because that's part of uh, social ostracism. Look, hey, mm-hmm. I'll help mm-hmm. you where, you know, I'm willing to help you out on the issues in which you are, are supporting freedom. No problem. And I'll be friendly with you about it. I'm not going to be mean to you. Some of them are really mean towards the uh, the minarchists. And I don't agree with taking that position, which is why I'm friendly toward, you know, uh, the cops. We went on a ride along with uh, Lieutenant Maxfield here in Keene, had a great conversation with him. And we're moving those people in our direction, very slowly moving the people that have accepted the state and have accepted the system in our direction. I think that's progress, and I think it's a good thing. I don't think there's anything negative at all about what we're doing, but yet this guy has interpreted it all as being negative to, from his viewpoint. He continues. Oh, guard, go ahead. No, no, it's it's just interesting because it all it comes back to uh, this loggerhead situation. Um, I think rhetorically you're doing your bit that in a way contributes to the arguments of the people who are the minarchists because you're constantly talking about the benefits of no government. You're talking, and we were just discussing how productivity increases when you get rid of government. You allow human resources to interact in a social forum sure. rather than a government forum, and that's that's what betters people's lives. Um, so, in a way, even if you're not participating in going and trying to, you know, call the representatives or voting or whatever, what you say, I think, and I try to do the same thing on my show, 
um, what you say helps set up a framework within which other people can be attracted to some of these ideas. And whether they go as far as you or as, as far as these other, other folks, if they're minarchists uh, or if they're just classical liberals in a, in a purely libertarian sense, uh, they should say, I don't know if they should, but I would if I, were, if I were them say, well, you know what, there's a place for that argumentation and it might attract more people to my point of view who were never even interested in this because it's such an engaging argument. And if they yeah, don't but go fully towards the end, they'll come towards me. I think that's an open-minded view to, to look at this, but somebody like him, I get the impression that all they see is the loss. All they see is the people that mm. were at one time involved in their political system and are now dropping out and they don't see those new people coming in that, that you're talking about. And I yeah. think that you're right. I think that there are people people that listen to this show and they hear me and Mark go back and forth on these issues and they'll, they'll you know they'll side with Mark and they'll say oh, I'm not ready to go that far yet but I do like the idea of much 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 smaller government so I'll move to New Hampshire and you know get active in those areas right. and like I've said before when Dennis has been on the phone and in other cases Please, if you think you can make it happen in the political system, I wish you the best of luck. I want you to have success. Really, I do. Because I like the idea of setting those people free that will never take the effort to do anything themselves. Because out there, there are a whole bunch of people that just sort of live life by default. And whatever the government says, you know, they'll go ahead and jump through those hoops. If it's regulating their business, okay, fine. You know, I really want to open this bar, so I have to get the liquor license. Mm -hmm. And they go and they jump through all those hoops just because that's what they think they have to do. So if the political system can have success at lightening the load on those people, I'm all in favor of it. And I, I do wish them the best of luck. But if they want to get upset at me because I don't want to go and sit around the state house and testify and beg to have those things changed, then that's their problem. And they need to get over it and focus on what they want. If what they want is to change the political system, they're not going to get that by yeah. bitching and moaning about what the non-cooperative activists now, here's, are doing. Here's a spin on this. Let's say you're in a concentration camp, right? And uh, which have, is the which is the possibility? Yeah, here, right. I, I mean, mean, you know, yeah. Um, I'll have to. I'll, I'll, I'll get to it after if you want to continue. Oh um, yeah, I do. I want to hear about this concentration camp. Okay, scenario. alrighty. All right, so Guard's okay. going to come up with a concentration camp-related question, which is inevitably where, you know, there's only, as far as I'm concerned, there's only two possible um, outcomes here. We either end up in a concentration camp or we end up with our freedom. Now, I don't believe that the, the former I'll is going to I'll take just a smaller happen. government here in New Hampshire. Yeah. But inevitably, I think that's where it's, it's going to go. And uh, we'll see what happens. I predict freedom. More on the way. Hour 3 coming up. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number 
three of the program. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Uh, then again, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Now, uh, we've been all over the map tonight, but uh, we started out by talking about this email from this guy that's very, very concerned about how apparently uh, people that love liberty in the way that I um, support liberty in that I don't compromise. I'm not interested in compromising. I want to live free and I want to encourage people to be noncompliant. I want uh, peaceful civil disobedience, non-cooperation, and he's saying that people like me are ruining it for him. And we'll continue with his email here. I'm going to skip through some of it just because it's really lengthy and, and it's not all relevant to being on the on the radio. But, Gardner, you had a, something that you wanted to touch on before we continued. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I just wanted to mention that when you're, when you're in a situation where uh, you've got these, these internal debates going on, Regarding, um, well, you know, I, I am, I, I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to engage. I hold resentment, or, or from the other side, I hold resentment for people who don't want to engage because they're a blight on us. We're trying to get to a freer society. The only way we can do it is if we do engage in politics. Uh, I was thinking about this, and you can you can liken it to any sort of situation. But if you're in a concentration camp, you, you know, you're lying on dirt floors, or you're lying on, you know, pine pine. Uh, boxes or whatever and and you have one person who when the concentration camp guards come in uh will not get up for them will not rise for them or anything like that and then you have another one who deals with the concentration camp guys and says okay we will you know i'll get my people to move more quickly because you're on a time thing or uh you know to dig this ditch or whatever for you yeah, yeah if you uh will you know not kill this person or let us you know get um x number of apples more per week or something like that now <clears throat> uh, what interests me here is that uh you know it's a, it's a situational thing for many people they think on principle well you know principles have to be they have to be in flux uh based on the situation um and i think that when when we look at our our political choices here um I think that, like we were talking about before, there is room for all of this right now. We're not quite yet in this situation, although individually, occasionally, people run into these terrible things. And so, when you when you have a, a, a problem between internally in this in this group, you say, "Well, look, are you working with the Nazis if you're if you're doing something like this? Are you are you giving your sanction to the Nazis to the validity of the Nazis by saying?" Uh, you know, I'm going to work with these guys, or are you saying, look, we're in a really bad situation here, and I'm trying to do the the best that I can? I absolutely believe that the political people are doing the best that they can. They're doing what they think is right. They're trying to find the candidates that they believe are going to do the least damage or hopefully maybe even roll some of the government back. And I am in total support of them doing that. I, I What I don't understand about this guy is his vitriol or that, that he has perceived vitriol towards me and people like me because he seems to have perceived us as always attacking people like him. He seems to think that the people that are advocating non-cooperation with the state are constantly uh, just bringing him, raining on his parade and bringing him down, and I just don't see it. I mean, maybe it does go on out there, but from what I see, and, and he sort of get, touches on this here in a moment, but from what I've seen, 
the people that support non-cooperation, while we will hang out with the minarchists, will go, for instance, uh, over the weekend here in New Hampshire, as we know, uh, if you've listened to the show before, you know we're Free State Project members, Mark and myself, and we moved here as part of the Free State Project. 20,000 liberty-loving people are all going to move to New Hampshire. We're trying to find 20,000. We're up mm-hmm. to about 8,000. But we're, uh, those people are moving slowly, but they're moving here, and when they get here, they can ask for help moving into their place. And so one of those uh, movers asked for some help over the weekend, and a bunch of people showed up at his house. Now, when you do this, you have to buy the people pizza and beer so they can make it worth you know a little fun to yeah. come over and move yeah. some furniture and have a good good time and have some conversation. But in that group, there were people that uh, were operating in the political system, and there were people that were like me, that were you know advocating non-cooperation. There was no tension. There was no hate. Well, you, there was no uh, derision. Yeah, there was I nothing agree. like that. Well, imagine if, Where if, is if all the, of this? If the pressure cooker gets worse, though, if the, pressure, if the pressure gets even worse, and you're in that sort of a situation, would the people who are working with the Nazis or working with the government to try to get something good out of a bad situation, would they resent the people who said, no, I don't want to participate, even if it, even if I it brings my death? I think they would, and I can, I can even see an argument for it, but I see no evidence that there's anything like the concentration camp scenario. Yeah. In that whatever the uh, non-cooperation kind of people do doesn't really affect anything. I think that I certainly would have liked to have seen them get up and vote for Ron Paul during the uh, the, the primary. But I, the reason I decided to read this same email, Ian, is because I feel it from you. It's an indictment against you, the way you deal with the people that call this show and want to talk about political issues and things like that. I feel it. I hear it. Now, I, I, when, you, when you say, well, I wish the best of luck with that, yes, you do say that. But you say it in a manner... You don't think I'm sincere that, about that? that? And I, I don't know whether, you, the, um, whether you're sincere or not doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, the, 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 the sincerity doesn't come through. And that's the reason I decided to read the email and bring it up. Hmm. So what would you prefer I do, Mark? I don't know. I, I you know, be be sincere. Attempt to be sincere. I am sincere about it. So just sound because, more sincere. Well, whatever. I, the, the you fact know is, what? Uh, you know what? You're the single you best person I have ever met in my life at reading things. Maybe Jim Davis, um, otherwise, but at reading things and making them f- sound heartfelt. Some of the work that you've done on this show has been incredible. And but when you talk to those people, it just sounds like, well, I wish you all the best of luck. But really, what it sounds to me like is a bunch of crap. Hey, you want me to candy coat stuff, Mark? Because it is a bunch of crap. Going and trying to start a new political party on the national level or trying to take over the Libertarian Party again from the inside, even though you You've already lost the Libertarian Party. There's this group of people that want to go back in. We've got to keep fighting. We've got to go to the conventions. We've got to spend thousands of dollars, and we've got to lobby and lobby, and we've got to get new people on our side, and we've got to take over the Libertarian Party so we can finally get back into the race and start trying to compete against the other political parties. I mean, come on. I'm not going to candy coat this. This is a talk radio show where I take, I have opinions that are very defined, and I have the ability to defend those opinions. And when someone calls in to try to recruit me into their little program, I'm going to tell them why I'm not going to join. I think, and if they want to take it, it personally, becomes... then oh well. I, I don't know how, how you go about this, too. That's just the emotional curves of radio uh, when you are consistently talking about something or presented with something in a certain debate, this difference between the minarchist or, or libertarian and an anarchist, um, sometimes you get just so frustrated, you know, because you, I, I remember back to the days when I, you know, I've been sitting in the state house in New Hampshire, sitting there, hadn't had lunch, it's hot as hell in there, and you're like, 
what the hell am I doing? I could be like climbing trees or having fun swimming or something or, or reading a book. or, or it, it all does seem very pointless at times. Yeah. I can tell you, my, yeah. my trips to the, uh, the state hours house. Hours and hours. It's yeah. just and awful. Hours. So I think, and and I, I think that they design it that way in order to just oh, yeah. to, to, to keep do. the average Joe yeah. out of the process because it's just so awful. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. you know, you can show up with, as we've, I've gone to these things, so I know, you show up on like one of these marijuana reform bills. One of the most wimpy marijuana reform bills ever in the history of marijuana reform was to stop people from being arrested for very small possession. A quarter ounce right. or less. And it was still a $250 right. ticket. They wouldn't be arrested. Yeah. They'd be ticketed. And if we they didn't pay people, the ticket, they'd go to jail, as, as usual. We had people <laughs> show up who were police. We had people who were former cops from law enforcement against right. prohibition. We had a medical student come in there. We had all kinds of information and facts and persuasive speakers on our side, and none of it flipping mattered. You couldn't None get the Democrats to vote for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and what happens is... And I'm is, supposed to get excited because, oh, the House of Representatives voted for it, but then it you know, went down in flames in the Senate. And I understand the House of Representatives in New Hampshire has never voted for something like that before. Yes, it's uh, you know something that's never happened before. But how am I supposed to get excited? Because there was so much effort that was put into it, and nothing came out of it. I think well, that if all those people had smoked a doobie out in front of the State House, that would have done more. I think I think everybody has their emotional tenor, and and uh, you know you, they get burned out more quickly than others. Other people just dive right in, they dig it, they they just continue it, and they love it. Uh, and and I can understand where thinking about remembering that stuff, Ian, gets you frustrated. You know, yeah, absolutely. I know what that's like, and 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 I become more uh, closer aligned to your sentiment and my responses sometimes. But I'm, I'm not like, trying oh. to rain on their parade. Yep. It's just that if they want to recruit me back. They're going to have to be pretty persuasive, and they're not even close. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the Sagal CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include, by the way, the updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And we mentioned the Free State Project a moment ago. They are a sponsor of the program, and it's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And the Free State Project is an organization that's devoted to bringing liberty-loving activists here to New Hampshire, and then they get to do what they want. That, the Free State Project only exists to recruit people here to New Hampshire. So some people are coming in here, and they're excited about running for office and doing the political thing, and there are good reasons to be excited. There are some pretty cool organizations out there, like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is doing some unprecedented things in the world of political activism. And, and I will give credit where credit is due, and I do every single time. But if you also want to get into uh, get active in more market-based, non-cooperative ways there's a lot of that happening here too and so there's every, you know the entire activism uh, smorgasbord is a, is available here and there's not a lot of derision between the two groups i mean there may be some people on the fringe of each side like the the most political person and the absolute most uh, apolitical person might not get along too well but in the middle which is very vast we all get along and hang out, and I don't really see where, where this guy is getting his critique from. But let me continue quickly, and we'll go to your phone calls here. 
He says, I agree that party politics can't deliver everything, and there's a role for civil disobedience. Thing is, the noncompliant anarcho types are always telling you about how civil disobedience is going to achieve the aims of the liberty movement. The only problem is I don't see a great deal of civil disobedience going on. And I would agree. There's not a lot of non-cooperation happening yet. But then again, there aren't a lot of people here yet. And in order to get to the point where you've, you've been fed up with the system enough to non-cooperate, you really kind of have to – it takes some time to get to that point. And so we need more people here in order to join that kind of – that realm. And it has, it has power yeah. in numbers. Yeah. And but we are seeing those we're seeing that growth happen. We did have gambling uh, disobedience earlier this year, and it was an absolute success. Next year, I think we're uh, there's some rumblings about some possible marijuana uh, disobedience, and it's that's going to be more possible because we have more people now. So you just be patient there, Mr. Emailer. I don't even know what his name is. Matthew. Uh, Matthew. That that's all coming. Anyway, he says that it, it takes a lot of uh, courage to get to that point. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to work within the political system because you're not putting anything on the line. So you really have to be in a certain mental place to take those steps, and only a certain percentage of people will get to that place. But, of course, the more people that do, the more will join on, and then it'll snowball, hopefully. Anyway, he says, uh, in fact, the anarchists both left and right have been saying what seems forever. Anarchists have been saying there's going to be some kind of popular uprising and never is, and as far as I'm concerned, there will never be. Well, there won't be as... Anarchists think there's going to be, he says. Okay, there was the Velvet Revolution in Czechoslovakia in 89, which overthrew the communist regime, but it didn't eradicate government, uh, did it? Because the reality is that people want government. This is a fact that classical liberals realize and don't argue against because it's a waste of time. The anarcho fringes of libertarianism have lost the argument immediately with the majority of people by saying they want the complete irradiation of government. Whereas a classical liberal could win folk over with particular stances like low taxes and legalizing pot. You know, uh, a couple points there. Uh, does he mean eradication of uh, government? Or, I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I'd like to bring up. But we can uh, irradiate it if you'd like. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we need more nuclear power. Um, one of the things that, that strikes me is uh, in this argument, and I've heard some people say this, that people really want government. That's why government exists. And, and you people are utopian and thinking all they need is some sort of education. Uh, well, you know, if they really want government, then why is it that they don't have government supplying their breakfast cereals? Why is it that they don't have government supplying their foods? I, I think that government has gotten involved in some areas that, uh, you know, that just just some people want. But people do want some of the benefits of government. But, but this is the thing. And I, think, I think the problem, Mark, is that the, the argument that people want government is an or-sweeping sort of argument that you can shoot down very easily by saying, well, you know what, they don't want government here, and they don't want right. government here. Well, and I think it's a good point that they want the, the what they perceive of as the benefits. They want protection, they want roads yeah. to drive on, and they've just always presumed that it must be government that must provide right. those services. So what that, that, what that tells you, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, is that it's a learned response, because government did not create the earliest roads. I was talking about it today on the, on they were the show. They were private roads, thousands of miles of roads, and uh, Tom DiLorenzo spells it out very well. I have some in my book, and... Uh, a little plug up once more, but um, live free or die. Yeah, Amazon.freetalklive.com. Yeah, thanks. And and so um, what I what I think is if people are saying it's just the nature of 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 humans to want government, 
Disagree. Um, I think it is a learned, conditioned response, yep. just like we could try to of educate them is. to get away from it. Of course it's learned and conditioned. Who does the teaching for the most part in this country? Right. The right. government. Anyway, right. he's got a few more things here. I, he says, I've said before, there have been times I've not wanted to call myself a libertarian as I've not wanted to be associated with the lunatic fringe. Well, don't worry about that, Matthew, because I don't want myself to be called a libertarian either. So I don't think anyone will associate you with me because I'm a voluntarist. Anyway, he says that, uh, which some have taken libertarianism to... And that is the lunatic fringe, he says. It's sad every it's said every classical liberal is a libertarian, but not every libertarian is a classical liberal. True, I understand that libertarianism is a spectrum. If I didn't, I'd be no better than those anarcho fringers which I criticize. For instance, I know libertarians who are in favor of gun control. There, you're not a li- okay. No, I don't even know why I bother trying possible. to define the term libertarian anymore. I guess it's because I'm still holding on to some last vestiges of it, but. Libertarianism originally meant not aggressing against your neighbors. So how could you possibly be a libertarian and in favor of gun control? He says, I think they're wrong, but I appreciate their logic. Really? What What logic is that? The logic of um, putting your neighbor in a jail cell if he violates your little rule that you've come up with for him to live by? What are you talking about? And he says, I know there's plenty else I'll agree with them on, so I can build a working coalition with them. My major gripe is that all the efforts I and others make within the system are knocked, belittled, and derided by the anarcho-fringe, even though we share the same goal. Well, no, we don't. We don't share the same goal. We, we share a similar want, goal. Right. You may want more freedom, but I want true freedom. So not quite the same. Anyway, yeah. he says, just because somebody doesn't fit your exact perspective of what a libertarian is doesn't mean they aren't a libertarian. It just means they're a libertarian who thinks different to you. You know, this guy is just an apologist for all of those so-called libertarians out there, like the Neil Bortzes and the Glenn Becks of the world. Oh, sure. You're a libertarian just because you want some smaller government in some areas. Sure, we'll give you that label well you know now, you can have it but you can i have, have to, that label. i have to say though um i've been encouraged by the, the change the development of a guy like glenn beck who went from being a yeah. more conservative guy once he met ron paul he started to look into uh free market economics sure, a little bit more sure. and and he's much more on our side now so seeing that development makes me think once again well you know i know he calls himself a libertarian or he's a libertarian minded guy independent uh, I'll just nudge him a little more, get him over to our side a little bit more. So there is some encouragement there. Um, so, you know, that that makes me think, well, what about this Bob Barr thing within the Libertarian Party? Well, uh, could the, it be good to well, have a former Republican in wait there? Wait a second. And, um, no, no, Bob no, Barr's bad. The, you know, with Glenn Beck, he's, he's growing and progressing like a normal person does. A politician, however, he's just has, talking. He's going to be yeah. wrapped up in people that are, uh, you know, they're, they're wanting uh, him to aggress against other people. There's, so he's hearing the aggression thing, whereas Glenn Beck's, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of evolving on a you know, normal basis. And like there's evidence out there that this Bob Barr character is totally, uh, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live. You can take control and bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, live streams included, broadband and dial-up versions of the program. Also, we've got a webcam, which a bunch of people are watching tonight, thanks to stickam.com for featuring us on the front page of their website. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com. You see the cam yourself right there, cam.freetalklive.com. So we've been uh, talking about this conflict here that I don't really believe exists, except in the minds of some people. Uh, And one of them is this emailer who's talking about how, because I support non-cooperation, I'm a problem with the the (laughs) pro-liberty movement, and something should be done. I guess I should be recruited back to the realm of politics or something like that. Anyway, he's very upset, and his last sentence, uh, a couple, three sentences here, is, More than anything, I want the cause of individual liberty to be taken seriously. Some libertarians such as me believe that uh, to achieve that goal, there's a need to compromise. So having would-be anarcho-types hanging around and acting like spoiled children really doesn't help. (laughs) You know, he's calling names all throughout this email. There was a couple paragraphs I skipped where he did a little name-calling as well. But it seems to me like he's the one acting like a, a spoiled child. He's the one complaining about the actions of other people, complaining about how we're not, uh, you know, ideologically compatible with him and, you know, jumping on his. But we've already jumped off of his uh, parade and we're gone and gone and start our, started our own. I mean, he's very, very upset about all this. Look, dude, if what you want is to do politics, go out and do it. Don't concern yourself with what it is that those of us who support non-cooperation are doing. Don't, if it upsets you that what we do, don't call yourself a voluntarist. Oh, he doesn't. Well, that's what we call ourselves. Yeah. We're voluntarists. We're not libertarians because people like you By we, are libertarians. You mean the people, the people I, I would call myself. We, uh, as not you, know. you, Mark. I'm sorry. We, when I say we, I mean people who are voluntarists, people who uh, do not support aggressing against their neighbors 100% of the time. So I don't see the conflict. I just don't get it. Let's go to Johnson in California on the amp line. Hello, Johnson. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your um, mind? I want to. I want to talk a little bit. I, I, I sort of agree with Mark a little bit, and not really necessarily the emailer, but with some of the points that Mark brought up, which are that when you turn away these people in, in the fashion that you do, I think it's accomplishing two things. One, you're immediately grouping people, which is something that should be you should be against a little bit on principle. In other words, you're, okay, you've, you've categorized this person, oh, this person's a statist, and, you know, then you take that sort of flippant attitude with, you know, you go, you, you have fun with that, or you, you know, good luck with that. And you, you, what that's doing is um, really kind of disenergizing that person and creating more of an enemy of that person than might've been originally. Um, and I think that, I don't know, you know, the, the thought that came to my mind immediately was, you know, how would Mary Ruart handle that sort of situation? And I don't think she would ever be, take that attitude of being that flippant with that person because you are then creating this sort of negative connection, you know, sort of like a negative energy between yourself and that person, which I'm a little bit torn because sometimes I think that's great for radio, but I think it's something that maybe you could stand to be a little bit more careful with. In other words, until the person becomes a little bit more aggressive, which obviously this emailer did later in the email, you know, has obviously gotten into name calling and that deserves that sort of treatment. But I know that there are some people that call in that don't necessarily deserve that sort of flippant attitude. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I think it depends on what it is they're proposing, how I will uh, will deal with them. I mean, for instance, if you get a caller, and when Mark was talking about these callers that call in with these political ideas that I just say, well, you know, good luck to, and, you know, I, I wish you the best, and all some that. Some are better than others. Some of them will call in with something, right. you know, some of them you can obviously tell they don't have any idea what liberty is is about. They're, they're not even in, interested in that viewpoint. Like, so, for instance, one woman, I think, called in a long time ago to tell us about how she supported Unity 08, and that we need to get behind this Unity 08 thing, because it br- brings people together, and we're going to bring the Republicans and the Democrats together to form one one party, and Yucky. you know they, they have this political view that is so incompatible with mine that you know what do you do with something like that beyond say right. well, well I don't think that's that that's not where I'm that. coming from I'm not interested in doing that but I wish you the best of luck I mean what else can you do to be uh, sensitive to these people well I think the thing is is there are two views that you can take on that you can you know you can say well you, we don't agree and have you know good luck with that or you can say you know take a gentle approach where, you know, okay, that those views aren't exactly in agreement with what we're talking about and, and encourage the person to do more research into what you actually are talking about and say, look, you know, maybe there are some things that are in line with you to do it. Maybe even if it's not necessarily 100% true, say maybe there are some things that we have in common with Unity 08. Why don't you look up more about what we're talking about? And, you know, instead of just blowing the person off, energize them to do more research into what you're talking about rather than sending them away. Yeah, yeah, I see where you're coming from on that. I guess that uh, when people call in with a political philosophy that is so radically away from anything that I could possibly believe in, reaction. I, I just don't, uh, I don't feel like recruiting at that moment, you know, just not really that. Yeah. This isn't a recruiting <laughs> show. You know, I'm, I'm not here to recruit. Because I think also sometimes it's great. Great radio and entertaining right. for me personally. Right, right. So the number one priority people. of this show is to entertain people. And while I appreciate the people that call this program, obviously we wouldn't be anywhere without people calling in to participate. I appreciate the participation. That doesn't mean that my priority here is trying to recruit every single phone caller into our movement. I just, you know, that's not going to do very much. Uh, as far as them uh, calling in, Talking about what it is they want to do politically, how they want to elect so and so versus whoever, and you know I'll ask questions. We usually ask questions about you know, like that unity lady. We ask all kinds of questions to understand what it was that she was talking about, and then at the end of it, you know, okay, well we don't agree, and here's why. Sometimes you just don't have enough time to get to all of it. It all depends on a variety of factors. The last thing I want is Washington, D.C. working together. Right. Well, I mean, so, sometimes God, no. if, if you've got a whole segment to talk to the person and they're interesting enough, then sometimes we do. But if they're boring or slow to talk, I mean, there's, there's so many different variables as to how, you know, we'll treat one yeah. caller versus another. There's just nothing consistent across the board that we can do except sort of just take those things in mind. And, and I think you're, you're absolutely right in what you say. It's just that... It, is this a recruiting show? Are we trying to recruit all of our callers? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily that necess- you even have to be recruiting them, but I think that you know one thing that you can keep in mind is, is there any clever and quick way that I can get this person somehow energized at least in the right direction, rather than sending them off, in the, you know, well, away from you. I, J- Johnson, what I'd like to see is is positive interactions. Um, I, I, I'm right. I'm as guilty yeah. as Ian in blowing up and uh, doing everything but name Pain killer <laughs> name calling with people. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, yeah. that, sometimes I come off, uh, you know, I, I fly off the handle, and I try not to. I don't want to. I want to be the logical guy. I want to be the persuasive guy, and you know, sometimes I just freak the f out. Well, you know, think about this. I mean, if somebody's calling up with this political vision that they want to share 
with you about let's you know let's just keep on the Unity 08 thing. Someone's calling with this idea. They've thought about it a lot. It's really so important to them that they picked up the phone to call a radio show. Now we know that. 99.9% of the audience is never going to call this show. So there's really something going for them. Like, this is something that's really important to them that they called in to talk about it. And so when we ask questions, as we normally do, to find out, well, what is this? And what is it all about? And, you know, and then we say, well, we don't necessarily support that because we want people to interact voluntarily or because I think that, you know, pol- politics is a waste of time. That's going to be something that I don't know if, if they if they hear us saying, you know, sort of deriding their idea, not being too mean about deriding it, but just not really accepting it or not being too uh, – not being as enthusiastic as they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if – even if we had suggested, well, why don't you go and, you know, check out this resource, that that would even be something that would motivate them to do that. They'd probably just hang up the phone and they'd be upset that, you know, we didn't get all excited about their Unity 08 thing and they'd move on. I think best case scenario is somebody, somebody like that just keeps listening and then will come to the understanding down the line of what this is all about. I think about. they're more likely to listen. If you were at least kind to them and all that other I'm stuff, I'm kind to most of I'm these not people. Saying that you I just kind. don't understand I'm... all this derision. You know, it's funny. It's funny. You know, it's interesting. You know, to hear all that, and I'm surprised that Gardner hasn't chimed in more on that because Gardner, I think, is pretty good. At, at that that sort of technique of, of turning things around. Gardner's you know, a wimp, and he just won't engage his, he just won't insult his <laughs> listeners is what the problem is. Hey, I gotta tell you, uh, I am, maybe Thanks, I'm Johnson. like that here, I don't know. It's uh, It may be providing with Ian and Mark, you know, as the, as the third guy guest, that it gives me that opportunity, but I gotta tell you, on my show, uh, boy, I hear a lot from my management that I'm on the other side of that. You're so too harsh. All right, this is a right, nice opportunity for me. More coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Not going to give you the number. The lines are loaded up. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier, as have done hundreds of our listeners. They have contributed three bucks a month to the program. It's really going uh, back into Free Talk Live. It's being reinvested, and it's helping Free Talk Live get on more radio stations and more people's internet connections all around the country and around the world so more people experience the message of freedom and liberty here on free talk live if you become an amplifier and help us out at amp.freetalklive.com you'll also get perks like access to the amp only call in lines which you've been hearing people call in on tonight Uh, also the amp only chat room forum and more get all the details get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. And J- Jason Osborne from SACL CAI yes. has av- advocated uh, amping a great deal. Yes, he, he has. He would love to see you uh, amplify Free Talk Live. He would also like to see you uh, use SACL CAI if you have any uh, kind of collections needs. Uh, they do early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. They do, they handle your regular accounts receivable. It's SACL CAI. You can check out their banner at freetalklive.com. As we continue with your calls, Brad is uh, waiting patiently in New Hampshire. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brad. Bradley? Hey, guys. Hey, hey, Brad. Hey, I got a couple things I want to fire you away. All right. But now, before you go on, before you do that, Brad, uh, you're somebody who's actually really involved in the system. Uh, have you ever felt derided by me? No. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I wasn't being hateful and spiteful towards you, Brad. We've had lunch uh, together, and it's been very nice. Yes, yes. I mean, we had a nice candlelit dinner. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. <laughs> honest, you weren't supposed to tell anyone that, Brad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable enough to admit it. Hey, listen, uh, if, if anything, Ian, I would say you're very objective and very fair, and you, uh, you understand where uh, you're, you're a lot more understanding of where I'm coming from than a lot of other people. Jeez, you don't so work I... with him, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yet. Okay, so anyway, 
Um, you were talking about passports earlier uh, in the show. Yes, how the government uh, people want everybody to have one to come back from Canada and Mexico now. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, I missed exact uh, the conversation itself. I tuned in a little bit later, but I'm going to read you a federal law, and it's only one sentence. So okay, your eyes thank goodness. Your, your eyes won't glaze over. It's uh, Title 22, Section 212, and it reads, No passport shall be granted or issued to or verified for any other person than those owing allegiance, whether citizens or not, to the United States. So if you add that together with the fact that you need a passport to come and go now, you can only leave the United States if you owe allegiance. If you have allegiance to them. Right on. Right. You have to be a good good American to get a passport. So to leave the United States, I would need to – I'm confused. Well, because now they're uh, requiring a passport for land travel – um, right. So when you when you leave or to come back, if you ever want to come back in, other than you know jumping over a fence or crawling through the forest, you need to have previously uh, stated your allegiance to the United States in order to get a passport. Yes. I guess you, I guess you can lie, you know, just fill out the form. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So uh, the the second thing I wanted to talk about was uh, I listened to a podcast the other day and I heard a really good line for anyone to say if they're arguing with someone who's pro drug war. Okay. Um, uh, I, myself, am a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. I'm very anti-drug war, um, and I thought this was very cool. Um, This uh, gentleman from the Cato Institute, uh, he said that a good thing to ask um, pro-drug warriors, um, uh, either the legislators or the law enforcement officers who are so pro-drug war, is ask them if if they found out one of their family members um, (laughs) had had a serious drug problem, if they would call the police to take care of it. Yeah. Because that's what they—that's what they advocate. Throwing the entire criminal justice system at something that's a public uh, public health issue. That's a great right, question. Right, great. Um, and if you ask them that, I mean, they'll probably squirm and say no. They'll uh, lie. Because, it's a private matter. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't want to talk about that. But right. um, the, the fact is, uh, these people wouldn't call the police to deal with it. Um, yep. Most of them are, are big hypocrites, and uh, and they just toe, toe the line um, yep. of, of the drug war. Yep, and you can see it. You can ex- you can see it in real life examples, uh, like with Jeb Bush's daughter down in Florida. She got uh, caught yeah. with a with a crack rock, and uh, his response was, "This is this is a private family." matter and i'd appreciate it if you didn't ask me questions about that that was something his basic i'm working on something i'm working on right now is i'm trying to do a leap presentation to um the chiefs of police association in massachusetts which mm. would be very interesting uh, if i got to do a presentation to a room full of police chiefs um so i'm working on that they're looking uh, the at last... uh, decrim on the uh, the ballot aren't they in massachusetts yeah, and i bet you it'll pass despite um yeah. people saying that the the world will come crumbling down how sad um, that uh, new hampshire is going to be the last of the new england states to uh, d- do anything in the world of decriminalization yeah well um, as as you or some of you might know i'm i'm running for state rep and uh should i get elected um you know fiscal things are uh one of my big priorities, but also I think everyone knows where I stand on ending the crazy, stupid, insane war on drugs. Yep. Um, hey, Brad, so, Brad, will you sign the small government pledge? Of course, yeah. All right, you should get that up on your website. <laughs> go to center. Uh, go to center. The I think it's the centers for small org or center for small org and get that on uh, on your website. I think that'd be a good thing. Cool, I thank cool. you for the call, sir. As always, let's talk to Jerry in Pennsylvania. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jerry. Jerry in Pennsylvania, going once. Oh, it's Barry. Oh, Barry. What's on your mind? Hey, um, real quick. Um, my wife and I were actually the second and third people to sign up for the Free State Project. Wow. Many years ago yeah. with uh, Dr. Sorens. And I just want to put out there to all you single people, here's what happened to us. 
uh, we got married and had kids. We didn't reach the 20,000 mark. And uh, my wife says, we're not moving. Mm. What I'm trying to get at with everyone is just do it. Because things change, life change. Do it while you're young and you're motivated. Right, and you don't have a bunch of strings tying you down. Oh, yeah, the strings are really tight, too. So now i got to wait till I retire, I think, to even uh, consider moving again. Oh, man. Um, I tell you. And I just uh, started podcasting you guys for about a week, and I've already told two people, and they love the show, so keep That's it up. That's great. And uh, one last thing. This is something that can really get the word out. It's really cheap and easy to do. You only sign up for new accounts, like online, and with your address and everything. Yeah. And they give you that. They give you that second line, you know, like street address and the second line. Yeah. Throw it. Throw in there, like freestateproject.org, and hmm. you know, I've been putting like libertarian of Pennsylvania, uh, dot org, just to get the word out there. You would be amazed the number of people who look at these mailing addresses yeah. over the time. And the more you buy the in the mailman, they say, what's this thing all about Free State Project? I think it's a great point. You know, here's another one uh, that's sort of related to that. You can get a stamp. Go to eBay where I mean, they're so cheap on eBay. You can get one of those self-inking stamps for as little as 12 bucks or something like that. Whereas if you went to the office store, it would be 25 so you save significant money. And you get a self-inking stamp. You can put whatever website URLs on there that you want to. And then stamp. you can stamp You know, envelopes that you're sending uh, payments for bills back in. You can stamp. Uh, I, I stamp every single. Uh, Federal Reserve note that passes through my hands, so that's another great way. Great. I thank you for the call and hope to see you in New Hampshire sooner rather than later. Let's talk to Justin listening to uh, in Washington. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Justin. Oh, hey guys. Hey, hey. I just want to talk about I just want to talk about government roads really quickly. Sir, sure, go ahead. Uh, last night you mentioned that your roads aren't uh, upcut very well. I'm not advocating for government roads, and in fact, this is kind of a negative of them. I live in a fairly affluent neighborhood. I mean, most houses are above eight hundred thousand. Mm. And as, as because of that, the property taxes are quite high. Oh, yeah. And um, so our roads are resurfaced almost every three years, even if they don't need it, which, I mean, frequently they, they do it just so they can keep the large budget they're allocated. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's ridiculous because right now we're having the roads ripped up and repaved <laughs> and at the expense of taxpayers just so that they can keep their budget. Of course. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty yeah. ridiculous. I mean, I mean, people here. I mean, for a, a lot of houses, people pay about twenty thousand a year in property taxes. Jeez, and it's ridiculous. And I mean, there's really no reason to. I want and my streets paved in gold for that. Yeah, really. <laughs> and you know, we were talking yeah. about it. I, I mentioned something about it on my show today. <clears throat> there's clearly no incentive for anybody in the government to do anything good regarding the roads in any way whatsoever. Yeah, they get it because, done when they get it done. Yeah, they, and they're going to get the money here in New Hampshire. Constitutionally, Justin, they've got uh, the, the state constitution says that the highway funds have to be kept in the highway fund. They've been shifting the money out to go to social programs, no. and now wait a minute. Certainly, yeah. someone is going to g- have shocked. to pay for this, right? Yeah. Someone's going to be uh, punished, right? It's incredible. I, wait, I they are going to be punished, right? Uh, no, oh, strangely enough, they're going to get more of our tax money. That's you mean weird. That no one's even responsible for That's this. That's weird, and I have no choice. I, I don't understand it. It's weird. The only good thing, the only the only silver lining in it is that they have some cute toll takers. That's about Justin. It. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go quickly here to Josh in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Josh. Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys remember me. The last time I called was when I was thirteen in probably November. I'm fourteen now. Congratulations, younger listeners. Excellent, yeah. sir. What's on your mind, dude? You've got like 30 seconds. All right. Um, I was just wondering uh, your take on anarcho-communism. Uh, 
Well, I don't what I think is it's a, it? I think it's a uh, <laughs> it's a conflict of terms. Um, you you really can't have communism, which is rule by everyone, and anarchy, which is essentially rule by no one. Well, you, um, it would be voluntarist in that case. Yeah, well, then it would be, and it's and I suppose people can get together and live in little communes as long if they as wish. As long as their communes are voluntary and they're not trying to force people onto them or force people into their communal system, then I don't mind at all. That's their business. But they want to live together and. I've been to communes, and, man, I would never want to live in one of those. Thanks, dude, for the call. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.